Okay, so we're back with another Saturday Live. interview this time i'm interviewing a uh, a new guest that probably I, I i hadn't come across this person um and i had someone reach out from your team i think or it might be you yourself but um uh this is this is jason um do you want to introduce yourself tell everybody like what you do and, and that'd be awesome for sure my name is jason i'm founder of lucky kid or father um uh, i have three kids my oldest uh he's 10 this he was diagnosed with autism and ADHD. Uh, back when he was uh, three, and he got his diagnosis while me and my wife were living in Japan back then. My wife's Japanese, Taiwan, and unfortunately, um, most of the Asian country, Japan included, there's a huge stigma around mental disabilities and mental disorders. So we were really having a really hard time finding resources and therapy opportunity for our son. So we decided to move to United States a um, couple years after we see the diagnosis. And uh, after we moved to United States, we were connecting with other families that also have Japanese. And we realized there's still a gap in the communities in U.S. And we decided to create a company that can help um, by um, designing and creating product that can help our son and other kids just like our son. And that was the mission behind our companies and our core mission is to empower, support, and educate all kids of their ability so they can live a, a brighter future. Wow, I mean that's a lot. That's, that's a lot to take in in, in a sentence, and um, it's really really good because um, I feel like you know it, advocacy on any platform, like you know how, however we do advocacy, it always has to be done um, like grassroots, right? Because you know governments and things like that, they're always the last people to cotton on to where help is needed. I feel like it's always like the the troops boots on the floor. You know, it's the it's the groundwork done by the parents and the advocates, and I think that's a beautiful thing because it's it's raw compassion for something that really does need help, and I think that's amazing. So, thank you for doing what you do. You know, that's incredible. A uh, story to share actually is our personal experience. So while we are living in Japan, we live in Tokyo, one of the largest metropolitan area you can imagine have more population than almost city of New York. But we can only find two therapy centers for our son to go to. That's oh, not a good situation to be in when you have kids with special needs. And there's only two places you can take your kids to for the in, out of the entire, entire metro area. That was that just kind of show you how lack of opportunities and lack of resources. And of course, that was many years back. Maybe the situation have improved since then, hopefully. But that was how how lack of resources that was in Japan. So why why is the um why is the 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 kind of the 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 culture of J Japan or a culture of Asia? Why does Asia not see these? conditions as a paramount kind of healthcare problem or, or a healthcare issue? It's all going back to the culture and the mind, mindset behind it. There's a huge stigma around mental disability. People don't like to talk about it. People don't want to admit that something's wrong. And it happened to me personally when I first heard the diagnosis from my wife. I was in a denial phase for the first six months because none of my relatives, none of my siblings, my parents, anyone I know, have autism. So like this couldn't happen to my son because I don't see anything wrong with him. And that, sure. that's like a really big internal conflict that I have within myself for the first six months. And 
I think that's also very common, even for the people that's not from Asia, but for the people in Asia, that's even, I think that sense of conflict and that sense of um, refusal to accept is even greater. And people tend to hide it, even so you can know, obviously my son was different, but I don't want to accept and I want to kind of just cover it up and pretend nothing is wrong with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so how like do you do any outreach programs in in Japan or in Asia in general? Do you do you do much work there or is it more like US based now? Right now it's really US based, but my long term vision for the company. I mean, the company started back in two thousand seventeen, so we have been doing this for a few years now. But we are definitely not quite there yet. But my long term vision is able to reach out back to the family back in Asia, like Japan, Taiwan, maybe China. And really help the family out there, but I think we really need to be stronger here in U.S. first before we can do a global outreach. Yeah, of course, you need to have like a founding strong foundation base, right? And I think like you, what you're doing is great, and I think so many people are going to benefit from it. And I, I, you know, one of the things that's interesting about like autism as well is it's always portrayed like when you when you think stereotypical autism, you, they, they'll always like Hollywood and the media always give you like a white male, you know what I mean? Like this Caucasian male with, with like Asperger's or something. It's never like the Asian kid. It's never, you know, like the, the, I don't know, the, the Latino girl, like it's always this white guy thing. And that really bugs me, you know, because for a long time, people didn't even think that like women could be on the autism spectrum, which is really frustrating for, for girls, obviously. So it's, it's nice to see that, you know, someone with Asian heritage is kind of like, doing something it's just bringing awareness to that community because i think the more that you have people like um uh you know hollywood pushing the whole caucasian image of autism in men um i think people kind of again like you said in the cultures you know you look at asia culture asia culture they're not surrounded by like anything that they can relate to you know nobody's looking at a movie and seeing a, an asian kid on the spectrum saying oh i relate to that you know i'm an, i i'm an asian family member and you know what i mean so i think what you're doing is super important um so tell us a bit so what tell us a bit about some of the work that you do then so one of our biggest work is has been an ongoing collaboration with uh, one of a large nonprofit organization called culture city uh, culture was K in the beginning. So they are an international nonprofit organization. They have a uh, program and uh, locations in both US, UK, Canada, and Australia. And one of the biggest programs they have is called Sensory Inclusive Initiative. You can look it up. And uh, what they do is they have over, I think right now, 500 locations that participate in this program. The location include NBA stadiums, baseball arenas, uh, and football arenas zoos, aquariums, airports, and cruise line. And what, they will go into those locations and they will do three things for each of the location. First, they will do staff training. So the staff is aware of the sensory challenges that the family with kids with special needs will face, either ADHD, autism, or sensory processing disorders. Second, they will provide a whole bunch of different sensory product or sensory a tool for free for the families that attend those arenas or those events. The tool include, they call it sensory bags. So inside the sensory bags, you have noise canceling headphones, uh, fidget toys, and the weighted blanket that we designed for the nonprofit organization that they are using in their program. And last but not least, they will also help those locations to create and design a sensory room. Essentially, it's a quiet and safe space 
for the family to go to in case the kids having a meltdown or having a tantrum, which is pretty common for the kids that have sensory issues. If you want to take the kids to an NBA game, it's a lot of light, a lot of sound, okay. a lot of noises. You could lead to a meltdown. So that's what that their program do. And what uh, our my company do is we collaborate with Culture City and we design product for them to use in their program. And one of the, pro, uh, the product we designed is actually a rideable weighted blanket that the kids can ride on the weighted blanket using a water pen. So it's an interactive weighted oh, blanket. Oh, cool. We, we have this. And we designed this product with Culture City's program in mind. Uh, so it's portable, it's small, and kids can ride on it. So. Dude, I, I'd love to see one of those. You have to send me some pictures uh, of this. I'd love to see one. Um, I can you know- ship you one, actually. So you can, <laughs> yeah, I can ship you one. We, yeah, we have currently selling in UK yet, but we, I can definitely ship you a sample. So. I would love to. And anybody watching and listening right now, I'll definitely do a review of this of this product so I can show everybody about it. It just sounds incredible. Um, so yeah, send, send it over and I'll show everybody. Um, you know, it was interesting when you were saying about what you did. Um, a couple of months ago, I interviewed a um, disabled, um, it was like a disability or disabled partnership um, program coordinator for a soccer stadium here in Wales in the United Kingdom called okay. um, oh goodness, the Wrexham Football Club. And funny enough, they'd just been bought out by Ryan Reynolds and uh, another guy who's in uh, an American TV show called Always Sunny in Philadelphia or something. So the, these two movie stars bought my like local football stadium um, or soccer well, stadium. Um, but she, the reason I had her on is because they have what you just described exactly like that in their stadium. They have like this bag that they give the parents when they come there. So they may be part of this program. I don't know if they are. I, I can't remember what she said specifically about it, but I know that they do exactly what you just said. They have sensory room, uh, like a sensory toolkit as soon as you get there, weighted blankets. Um, and there's something else as well. I think they have like like fast pass areas like you can get in. It's like, a, it's like an autism-friendly soccer stadium. That was cool. Yeah, it might be something similar. And I know the Culture Cities program has been around for a while. There's some other nonprofit also try to do a similar program, but I think Culture City is one of the oldest ones and they have the most location. So. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was the same one. I'd be really interested to check that out because they were really good. And, and to me, it was like, well, it was like state of the art, like what they did. And the interesting thing is they raised to, to, to transform their stadium into uh, autism friendly, right? They raised all that money um, themselves, like charity wise, like the, the the fans and the and the the yeah. members and raised that money. Sorry, I would like to share about Culture City because Please. I know their founder. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Julian. He is also from Asia. I think he's from Malaysia. The reason why he started his nonprofit is because he also have a son with autism, uh-huh. and he also faced a lot of the stigma. Um, just being Asians and also facing a lot of uh, difficult. So my story actually is very similar to his because we yeah. both start different company and different organization because our personal experience with our families and the struggle that we went through, and we just want to create something that can help like other families like ours. So yeah. like the is definitely, their organization have grown so much over the years. And uh, I would definitely encourage all the listeners to check out their nonprofit uh, organization as well. So, so okay. So he, here's a question. Then. So for anybody who is like any Asian families watching this and listening right now, what would you say is the best resources they can get for support? Because I'm guessing from my point of view is that like, if I was, you know, if I was an Asian dad with a, you know, an autistic kid, I'd be like, you know, my family would kind of be a bit like put off or, or not really understanding it culturally wise. Like where I would feel quite alone. Right. So I'm guessing that a lot of like Asian parents would feel quite alone. So where, where would you say the best place to start is? 
I think it's trying to join one of the support group you can find. Uh, unfortunately, there's no like Asian parent specific support group. Maybe that's a good idea for a group. But yeah. uh, that's a lot of different support group that on Facebook. We actually used to run our own support group, but since COVID, we have to shut it down because of the we have very limited staff after COVID. So, but we used to run a, about three thousand parents in our parent support group when it was active. Wow. Uh, we have unfortunately we have to shut it down last year because everything that was going on it was just a little bit too much for us to keep on supporting the group that has been something that's very dear to my heart to keep the support group running but there's still a lot of other i, I believe you you actually you yourself also have a support group on facebook that people can join but one of the first thing is trying to connect with other families that also have almost identical or similar issues because we always we, we already been there and done that i mean my son is right now is in he's in fourth grade but there's some parents that already have a similar issue but in their case already going to college and each phase you will face different issue like right now my son's biggest issue is remote learning because everyone's doing remote learning and he couldn't focus in the remote learning environment because of not just autism, but he also have ADHD. It's almost like, impossible for him to focus staring at a screen for like five hours straight. So yeah. it's a very difficult situation. So by oh. talking to other family that already been through, and maybe they have tried a lot of different solutions, that's where you can exchange a lot of the good idea and and also like a, a way to kind of share different insights. So. Yeah, I I definitely think you're you're one hundred percent right. You know, like. Facebook is probably the best place to go for that because you know that like, the, you know, fam people who are, who are in your kind of like demographic are going to be there, you know, they're going to be like family members and moms and dads. And there's just so many good resources on Facebook. I think it's, it's really overlooked by a lot of people. It's like the last thing they think about, like, oh, I should go on a support group on Facebook, you know? But also, I think one more thing is because we also run this support group for the past two, two years. Not all support group is very positive. So we try to select the one that's actually positive. That's when we used to run our group. One of our biggest rule is no negativity at all, because we already have enough negativity with all the news that's going on, all the hate, hatred, oh. all the racism. You don't want to have any more negativity in your life. So yeah. try to make sure you can join a group that is all about positivity and try to it's all about building people up in, instead of pushing people down. That's very, very important when you are selecting a group. So don't just join the group for just because you want to join the group. Definitely kind of check out the atmosphere of the posts that people are posting and trying to kind of filter filter out because the last thing you want to want to do is to add more stress to your life by joining a group <laughs> that people are talking bad to each other. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. Because, like, yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, there's there's so much there's so much negativity out there. You just want to kind of stray away from it. So, what kind of stuff are you working on right now? Like, what's your what are you currently involved with, like project wise, or even just in planning stages? What are you planning for? Yeah, so one of our biggest project this year, we have a paid membership. It's called Sensory Adventure Club. It's a ten dollar a month membership that we designed with a occupational therapist. That he's also a good friend of mine. Uh, he owned a company called Sensory Fitness. So his name is Matt, and he have a background of being an occupational therapist and a personal trainer and a special education teacher. So he's combining all his different expertise and he create videos and different trainings for parents of different actually fitness exercise that you can do with your kids that will help them with their sensory issues. So it's like a very unique program that we are kind of designing and we already have the program and since last year, but with COVID, we didn't have a lot of time 
to make the program better. So this is going to be one of my focus this year to make the program the, the best that we can be and try to help as many parents that we can be with only $10 a month. I think it's really affordable. And yeah. well, I think there's still a lot of work to do to really get the word out there that this kind of program actually exists because a lot of people doesn't really associate their, uh, the physical um, activities or like fitness to a lot of the symptoms that their kids have, but actually sure. is 100% related. If yeah, your kids are not, right? not doing all the, the, the correct things, they will lead to all kinds of behavior issues because with the kids yeah. being at home 24-7, <laughs> you see like the, the behavior yeah. issue just going off the roof right now. Yeah, of course, so. of course, of course. Dude, that is really funny because I launched, last year I launched my membership website too. So I actually have a membership website going um, where I do like monthly little courses, uh, the monthly courses in there. And I, I kind of do like monthly live group sessions where I could do like one-on-one -on -one coaching with people. Um, and that's really mm -hmm. cool. So what I'll do is for people listening, um, the website uh, link, which is levelupautism.net will be in the show notes. Um, what is the website link for your membership if you want to check it out? Oh, they can check it out uh, from our main website. It's luckykid.com, L-A-K-I-K-I-D. They can find it in the show notes. And uh, we'll, we'll try to update the website so we, it's more obvious. It's, right now, it's kind of hard to find, so we'll okay. try to make it more obvious. Sure. I, cause I, cause I think like, I just love membership websites, you know, and subscriptions because um, I feel you get more value from it. And I think that like parents uh, will definitely be looking for stuff. You know, that's why I started my membership site because there was so many people asking me so many questions all the time. I was like, well, how do I help people? You know? So I think that um, that's a great thing and that's a great project to do. So I'll also leave a link for everything we're talking about in the show notes and in the description of this video, if you want to check it out on Facebook and on YouTube as well. Okay. So before we wrap it up, um, how can people contact you if they want to reach out? to you uh, what's the best way to contact you uh they can just check out our website which is at uh, luckykid.com where they can uh, find us on all those different social media uh, network and we also um offer like a lot of things for free right now we are um, giving away like a free uh, um, one of the main topic right now is come down corner because everyone's staying at home we have a whole very in-depth article on how to create your own come down corner for free they can check out that guy on our uh, on our website and we have some free printable for for parents or caregiver that they can print out which is like an emotional uh, this is like different emotional sticker or chart that the parents can use to teach the kids about different emotions so they can identify the emotion they're having either frustration angers or are they happy are they excited that will help them to to regulate their emotions so that's one of the i guess the education piece that we also try to do we do actually a monthly video blog as well that we partner with uh, Matt, the gentleman I just mentioned earlier. Yep. He actually does a video about the, about the topic. Like he did a 10 minute video about how to create a countdown quarter and he go in depth on all the things yeah. that you need to keep in mind of while you're trying to create a countdown corner in your house. So that's one of the education focus we're trying to push this year to uh, kind of educate the, the caregiver on different topics every single month. That's amazing. You guys sound like you're absolutely like busy ramming lots of content online. I love it. So I will leave um, a link. Be sure to email me everything that you've spoken about, like link wise to me. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll add it into these, the show notes and in the description of this video. So everybody who wants to contact or get in touch or, or check out anything we've talked about, they can do so. Um, okay. So we're just about time right now. Here's anything you want to like add to this um, interview before I, before I wrap it up. 
Um, I think I just want to give a word of encouragement. It's always going to be light at the uh, end of the tunnel. Like me and my family, we went through a lot since the, the my, I started the business back in 2017. Our daughter actually uh, got diagnosis with leukemia right after wow. a few months after I started the business. So it was a very, very tough time for me with my son being autism, have autism, and my daughter have leukemia, which is a form of a blood cancer. And yes. that was like a two and a half year uh, chemotherapy treatment. But I think we, right now she's uh, she just finished all her therapy last year. So she she's uh, out of it. But that was a time where it was very, very stressful for my entire families and everyone involved with everything that's going on. But I just want to give a word of encouragement for the, the people that's actually right now because of COVID and everything that's going on that's facing a lot of stress. That's always going to be a light, uh, light at the end of the tunnel. You, if you can just stick to it, you, 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 everything will turn out to be okay. So it, it turned out to be fine with, with my family. Good. Well, um, you know, speedy recovery and God bless, I think, uh, is, is definitely the things I should say for that. And uh, wow, I mean, that is a difficult thing to deal with. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Like, stay positive, keep the faith and just do what you do, man. Keep going. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Jason. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please share this with anybody and everyone who you think can get some benefit from it. And also I know a bunch of you guys who haven't already subscribed to this podcast, but listen, so please go over and subscribe to it now. So you don't miss an episode. Also, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at the Aspie world, the T H E Aspie, A S P I E and then world W O R L D. So the Aspie world. All right, guys. Thanks.